All right, welcome to the Success Coaching Podcast. I am your co-host, Kelly Scar, and with me as always, Mr. Todd Foster and Ben Fairfield. And we are very lucky today, my friends, to welcome Mr. Tristan Amada on the podcast. Welcome to the show. Dude, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I am excited. I see Todd has a gaming chair. I do, and I do no gaming either. (laughs) I love it, dude. All right. Well, you know, as always, we got kind of a, a flow with this show. Um, you know, we, we kind of we start off by, you know, introducing our guests and and uh, asking the guests to, to jump into their background and give us some context around this conversation. So, Tristan, you know, fire us up, man. What, what uh, who are you? What you about? What have you done and, and uh, where are you headed? Awesome, man. Well, first, thanks again for having me. I'm currently a real estate agent out here in Los Angeles, Ventura County. Been an agent for 17 years, and I also am the CEO of Lab Code Agents. It's the largest online community of agents in the world. So I don't know how many we have. The Facebook group alone has 140,000, but I think we've got like 500,000 altogether. And I run that as a CEO. It's a media education company. And then I'm also the people editor for Success Magazine, thanks to my friend Glenn Sanford, He's like, dude, uh, I bought this company called Success. Um, I need your help. I'm like, dude, I'm in. What do you need? He's like, do you want to interview all the famous people we know? I'm like, mm, yeah, I do. <laughs> That's how that happened. Uh, and then I also run a company called A Brilliant Tribe that we created through COVID. And that's where I help tech companies and other companies in general build out their communities online and that's going extremely well. That's it, man. Oh, that's awesome. And I'd like to find out more about what you did before you got in real estate. Who were you then? Nice dude. Uh, Well, right out of college, I jumped into real estate, but uh, let's see. I was 14 when I had my first job for the summer And it was working for a call center calling for Nielsen TV ratings. And that was my exposure to the world, right? Over the phone. And the very first time I jumped in, I'm like, this is, this is kind of fun. I picked up a headset. They put me in my cubicle. uh, And I thought I was doing terrible, by the way. I was like, I was like, this is, they're going to fire me. It's my second, third week in. And I've never seen so much money before in my life. I didn't know telemarketing paid that well. And then I get called in to the the manager's office and she's like, hey, um, you know, you're the best that we have. And the fact that you speak both Spanish and English is really good. We're letting go of everybody else. Can you continue to work for us? And I'm like, I'm only 14 years old. I have to go back to school. So I can't. But that was my introduction to sales. And I loved it since. That's amazing. So you're the best person they had working there at the age of 14. And -hmm. they said, Tristan, we're going to clear the entire house out. You're running the entire show. They did. I was the best. I was like, what? This doesn't make sense. But dude, I mean, I bought everything I wanted that summer. I literally bought every, I don't even remember what it was that I bought, but I bought everything. I remember that. It was great. Great Everything. CDs, all the CDs, cassette tapes. A bunch of junk. A bunch of, I think I bought rollerblades and I remember rollerblades, a baseball (laughs) glove, a baseball bat, a bunch of balls. And I don't know what else. 
Man, you had a chance to create your own sport there. Rollerblade baseball. Dude, I'm glad I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) So so you wind up in college and, and uh, I mean, what, so what what was your major in college? So I wasn't going to go to college because I was like, it's not, it's not for me. But my mom decided to sign me up for college without me knowing. So I'm out here in Southern California. She submitted an application to go to Cal State Northridge. And I got in and she's like, hey, you're going to college. I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, I got you in. And if you want to keep on living in this house, you're going to go to college. So I went to college and that's uh, that's where I met my wife first year. And I was like, wow, wow. she's she's amazing. And I'd be amazing to to hook up with her and make her my wife. And literally like three months later, we were married. And my, my family's like, what the hell are you doing? Right. Her family was like, what the hell are you doing? Uh, but look, we're still married. So, (laughs) and we had, we waited like 10 years to have kids, but that whole process of going to college with my wife, that was, that was fun, man. That was amazing. I mean, we look back and we're like, Hey, you remember this? You remember that? It's like, I have a best friend growing up with her. It's kind of cool. We're both freshmen. Both freshmen, yeah. both came in same time, and uh, it was, it was just, it was pretty magical, bro. I I dropped out of college and then I jumped back in, both with her, so we did everything together. And so I was on the really long term plan to graduate from college. I was like, I don't need college. I still was like, I don't need college. <laughs> and I was a history major. I mean, what do you do with history, right? I, I was either going to be a professor, which I didn't really want to do, or and I realized later, I'm like, I can go to law school with a history degree. So I went to law school, but at the same time, I got into real estate and, and my, my mother, again, she's like, you know, these real estate agents, they drive these really nice cars. That would be a great, great <laughs> profession for you. I'm like, uh, okay. So I took my real estate license. I passed it a month before I graduate. I get my uh, real estate license and I also get into law school. So I do both and I'm killing it in real estate because it's like, it's like telemarketing. Who knew? Yeah. It's crazy. Isn't it? Lead generation. Dude. That's, and I loved it. I was like, Hey, you want to buy a house? Hey, you want to buy a house? I, I use the old Mike Ferry script, right? Which is a whole bunch of spam, but I did it and it worked. And, and so three months in, I closed three transactions and they all closed on the same day. And I was literally like, this is, I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm rich. I wasn't rich, but damn, I felt it. I paid off all my school loans. I paid off everything that I owned. My wife's like, this is amazing. Right. And, uh, and then the market tanked and that was, that was fun too. (laughs) Dude, but look, we were all there for that. That was amazing. Wasn't it very fascinating. That was, it was, it was a fun time. I think we, the, the people who made it through and are still in real estate really rediscovered their, their niche or just went in a whole different direction in real estate, which is cool to see too. Right. So that's where we shifted to all online. And that's where the journey for me started because as I shifted to go all online, we started with Craigslist and SEO, and a little bit of pay-per-click and, and then, then Zillow and then finally Realtor.com. That's where me, where my journey started with the Realtor.com product, because I was like, they called me up 
because my last name starts with an A. They're like, hey, we got this great product where we're selling zip codes. And I'm like, oh, I'll take the whole county. So I took the whole county <laughs> and, and I was like, yeah, this sounds just like Craigslist. And so I took the whole county and I was inundated with leads and I didn't know what to do. So I had to figure out systems, processes, hire people. And I was like, oh, crap, I'm either going to spend a ton of money and not do anything or we're going to figure this out. So I figured it out. I figured it out so well at the time that Realtor.com's like, hey, you're doing amazing with this. Can we get you on camera to tell us exactly what you're doing so we can blast it out to all the agents and kind of help them too? I'm like, that sounds like a good idea. I'll jump in. They're like, um, yeah, come over. I'm so... So I didn't realize they were in the same building that I was in this whole time, same building. And I was like, you're in the same building. I didn't know you guys were move.com. I thought you were realtor.com. They're like, no, we're move. I'm like, okay. So I literally walk over one door, jump into their building and they have this camera set up. I record, they ask me questions and they're like, that was really good. You use this tech and all that. I'm like, yeah, I use all this stuff. And then they sent it to their executives and their executives are like, who is this kid? Can we have him fly up to NAR and speak to the 20,000 people we've got? Cause we've got a session for realtor.com. And they're like, do you want to do that? And I'm like, yes, just fly my family with me. Right. At that time, two little kids, my wife. And so they flew me up there and that's what started my journey into a whole different world. And um, it was, you know, I think back and at any point I could have said, no, I could have said, I don't want to tell people my secret. I don't want to give. Right. Oh man. There's, there's so many people like that in this industry, right? It's I, and incidentally, uh, we're going to have a, a podcast with Bob Berg, who, as you know, wrote the go-giver and it's, oh, you know, that's awesome. yeah. Yeah, the, the, the whole, this whole idea of, you know, Gary Vee had talked about this for years and years and years as well, right? It's the whole idea of jab, 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 right hook. And, you know, you give, you give, you give, you give, and then you finally eventually go for the ask. And my, my whole philosophy has never been to throw the right hook because if you give enough, you are going to get back. There's, there's just, just a natural order of things, right? And it sounds to me like <clears throat> this is very similar to, to what's happened to you, Tristan, is that you've, You've been selfless in your leadership in this industry and have given back so much that it's just really come full circle. People recognize that and they say, hey, uh, you know, we're going to give something to this guy because he's given so much back to this industry that we all love. And it, it's like you like we talked about before we jumped on the, you know, jumped on the show here, started recording, talking about relationships. Right. Yeah. So it's it's it, and, and I'll, I actually I want to commend you as well. I want to just say one more thing just about the. Uh, you know, what you were doing with realtor.com back, you know, at that time, I'm assuming back in the, the, the mid 2000s with, you know, lead generation and lead conversion and systems and process and team, you were a leader in, in that space. Nobody else was doing that. Nobody had it figured out. Nobody had the systems and the process, yeah. right? And so for you to be able to come out and say, hey, listen, I've, I've figured it out. I've cracked the code. And then to give that code away, tremendous. Dude, that's very true, man. And I got a lot of criticism on that from other real estate agents as well. They would be like, what are you doing? And the other part to this was I kept on getting told that I needed to ask Realtor.com to pay me as they were taking me around the nation to speak. And I'm like, it just doesn't feel right, right? I just, they're giving me an opportunity here. I kept on seeing it as an opportunity. 
And dude, I was right because it paid off. They, they just kept on saying, this guy's so nice. He's giving, right? Everything we ask him to do, he does. And he's not asking that we actually pay him. We're paying for his flight, right? And his family's flight and his hotel and we feed him, right? But we're giving them the, op- giving him the opportunity for all these eyeballs to see him too. And that's when I looked over to my wife and I was like, we need to do something with this because I'm the golden child for them right now, but I'm not going to be forever. And she's like, you should start a Facebook group, right? And do the same thing you're doing for them inside of the Facebook group. And I thought that's a brilliant idea. So I did that. But then along the same lines, I had both the realtor.com exposure, the lab code agents exposure as I was growing it. And I did so much for realtor.com that they said, Tristan, we'll help you grow lab code agents on the, from the sales floor. And I said, let's do it. So everybody wow. they would call, join Lab Code Agents, join Lab. And that's how I started growing Lab Code Agents. Every webinar they had, join Lab Code Agents. And they were initially the people that pushed it all. And then they said, dude, you're doing so well. Let's bring you into the broker advisory board, the, the real estate advisory board as well. Help us grow our, our company. Talk to our executives more. And that's where I met Glenn on one of those. Because Glenn at the time, Glenn Sanford, EXP, he had, dude, I think 300 agents. And he's like, Tristan, and one of these things, he's like, Tristan, I got this cool little company called EXP. And I'm I'm driving around the whole United States and I'm going to drive around the whole U.S. on a bus. I'm like, dude, I mean, this, I don't know, man. He's like, we sat down on a little table in Kirkland at one of these broker advisory boards. And he's like, let me show you the brochure. He had to print it out one of these things. And I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, dude. I thought it was kind of weird, right? Looking in. Yeah. Um, and, but because we're both, we both have similar personalities in that we're both super kind. Like we both lead with kindness and we connected and we texted, we called and we just stayed friends. And then I watched him grow and grow. And he's like, you're going to join. I'm like, no. That you're going to join him. And then he stopped asking, but um, shit, he then became a billionaire. And then, <laughs> and then he rubbed it in my face <laughs> in, a, in a good way, in a Glenn way. Right? And, um, but then that's when he reached out to me after he bought success. And he's like, dude, you know, you've done something so great. I just want to bring you into to my world and see if you can help us grow this as well. And I'm like, for sure, man, you know, I'm in for it. And uh, one thing that's very clear into the things that I do is that I don't, even though I may be with a different company, I don't take sides. I'm very, I'm very middle. And I don't believe that one way can solve any problems. I think coming in and being as open as possible and accepting other people's opinions and views is the way to go. Um, Because, dude, I'm, I'm so certain of the way that I do things for me, that it works for me but it can be done differently. And I'm okay with that. And that's part of creating a stronger relationship with other people because they can be, begin to trust you at that point and say, got it. This guy's so cool that he's okay doing the things his way, but he knows that he's not going to force his way on me. And I love that. Well, I've never not met a man who wasn't cool that rollerbladed. So <laughs> you- <laughs> Wait, I had like these little short shorts too. So, be <laughs> so you're in college, you meet your wife. 
you start the relationships. Actually, if you go back to age 14, you start relationships with people over the phone and yeah. you discover probably accidentally that relationships are very, very important in business and life in general. And it sounds like your relationships have paid themselves off many times over. When it comes to your personal relationships, how do you take the time and where do you get the time to make sure that you're not always just focused on the business relationship and forgetting about the people in your home? I think it's a priorities. You have to prioritize what's most important to you. And that can't, that can't be business. That just can't be. It has to start with the self, then family, and then business. And what I mean by the self, it could change, right? It could be, it could be physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, right? And I mean mental, it can be like knowledge, learning, right? Emotional is different. Um, but when you, when you start to focus on that as a priority, you realize that you're the problem for everything. Like if yeah. things aren't working, guess whose fault it is yours? Uh, whether it's your personal relationship, like romantic or, or children or work, that's the problem, right? The way you're looking at things. And so I learned that early on after failing a ton of times. But the one thing I could always rely on was that relationship that I had with my wife, right? So for me, it was that. And I was like, I, I got it. I got it. Let me just duplicate what I did with her and what we've done together and what we've learned and just bring that everywhere else. And so as I started growing and and seeing, hey, this worked really well here. Let me bring this to this. Dude, at this point, I've broken it down and I've reversed it. And I said, okay, these are the, I came up with six things. And I'm like, these are the six things that are keys to relationships. And it starts, it all starts with energy. It starts with like, if if I would show up with my wife and be like, just my body language, depressed, tonality, it's like, who is this guy? Why did I marry him? Right? Imagine that with your kids. Imagine that with the people you work with. Right? They instantly connect. Like, you don't even have to say anything. I don't want to be around this guy. And so the energy we bring to the table is, is, is often forgotten uh, how important it is. People can sense it before they even talk to you if they're in person. And that, that is not talked enough about because that's where relationship starts, right? And it's contagious, man. It's freaking contagious. And there's different types of energy too. So that was the number one thing for me. The number two thing is, was being vulnerable. And, and I'm going to start on the business side of this because the moment that I was okay telling people, Hey, I don't know this. And I do know this, and I'm going to tell you everything I know about it. And I don't expect anything back from you. That on the other side, businesses, now that I talk to these executives, they're not used to hearing that. It's like, why is this person telling me everything they know about something that and solving my problems? Is there, is there a catch? Does he want something in return? And then all of a sudden, dude, it opens up so many doors and they're like, this is different, right? I'm not yeah. used to talking to people like this. And so being vulnerable and saying, hey, look, it's okay if I don't get anything back from you. I don't care. I'm just going to lay it all out and help you. And then all of a sudden it opens up the door. And that, that has happened over and over and over again. And then the, the next one is empathy. Like being able to truly listen because it comes from listening. Mm -hmm. Like to truly listen and just shut up 
and and just hear the person out and and really understand what it is that they're trying to tell you. And then you start connecting deeper because they feel like, wow, this this person, it's like Chris Voss, right? Yep. Chris Voss with the FBI, the uh whatever he was, what is it, the terrorist? Um FBI negotiator. That's the dude, yeah. yeah. He's like, dude, it, it, go to a party and just use the last phrase of whatever they're saying as a question. And all of a sudden it to them it feels like you're listening. And then you become the life of the party and they don't understand why they love you and they want to connect with you more. It's like, that's because they feel like you're listening and you have empathy it, it, either in either it just listening to their exciting story of them going to Hawaii and asking deeper questions or them complaining about something else. Right. And I think that's, that's one part we miss because we always want to get our point across. And for me, it was just the opposite. Like I just shut up and listen. I could be in a room and not say a single thing and just keep on asking you more questions because I don't have an agenda. And I think a lot of people are like, I I want my agenda. It's me, 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 right? The next one is you offer value. And this dude across, across the board, like if you're trying to, if you're trying to win over somebody romantically or in a business, you lead with value, right? Energy, vulnerability, empathy, and value. And, And don't expect anything back. Just give. And I think that's where we where we expect something first. Dude, you'd be surprised how many people I talk to that I say, hey, here's an idea. Let's do something with this. And then the first thing they go to is, well, how much money are we going to make from this? Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm like, no, no, you just that ruined it. <laughs> Absolutely. It's not, it's not about that. Let's let's. You look at, I mean, if you haven't read Built to Last by um, Jim Collins, it's all about creating that thing first. What is that? Right. And then everything else, because you're doing that so well and you've given so much value behind that one thing that you do so amazing, everything else falls into place. And people start following you. People start coming to you. The money comes. It's great. I'm not saying money isn't important, which it is, right? You need to have a plan for it. But you can't lead with that. And people often reverse those. And that's what I tell them. No. Right. Let's go back to what the vision is. People are going to join your community because they believe in the money. Right. Mm -hmm. They believe in the vision. They believe in whatever it is that you have. What is that? And then significant appreciation is my next one. And for me, I learned this one way later in life. But I was always giving, 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 giving. And at no point was I ever asking in any way. And that was one thing that I had to learn to actually ask. And that finally happened when I was in a relationship with realtor.com years into it. I finally asked and I said, Hey, you guys want to sponsor us, right? <laughs> Lab code agents, maybe pay us. And dude, they signed a massive contract with us for a year. And I was just for asking, I was just always afraid to ask. And the thing is, you don't realize that these people that you've given value to for years or months or days, whatever, they're waiting for you to ask because they want to give back to you. But 
you also have to ask the right way. You can't be a total dick or douche about it, right? Right. My friend, my friend calls people like douche canoes. I'm like, what's a douche canoe? <laughs> I, I was like, I never heard that term before. <laughs> That's a douche canoe. I was like, okay. So, but yeah, and and it has to go both ways. Is significant appreciation. I, think about this in a in a romantic side on the spousal or girlfriend boyfriend level. Like, I give. And they also need to feel like they're giving back, like they're part of the, it's not a one-way street, right? They need to feel like they're contributing to your growth and to the love and to the family, to the relationship. Same with the kids. And then the last one, or the last one I have here is consistency. I think we need to show up. We need to show up every day. You feel like shit today? That's good for you. You need to show up, right? As there are days I don't, dude, every day I don't want to work out every day. I don't care. I don't care who, I'm not a type of person who loves working every day. I hate working. I wake up and I'm like, do I have to run? <laughs> do I have to, do I have to work out? And I do, but I have to show up and, and I, and I don't know if my body will ever get used to working out. I just hate it, but I work out and uh, that's the key, man. Those six things I've broken down through. Uh, reversing the success that I've had and then taking a look at the people that I've interviewed and, and just seeing that they all do this at a very high level. Never miss an episode by following or subscribing to the Success Coaching Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or at your favorite podcast provider. I mean, that's an amazing list, man. Like the way that you've kind of reverse engineered everything and broken everything down and following a path is, is amazing. Um, I can only imagine that your relationships probably just started to flourish after you kind of came to this realization. But I want to take you back prior to actually being able to, to have this insight. Um, you know, I think all of us on this call have had failed relationships, business, personal, whatever, right? Um, you know, take us back and, and, you know, I, I guess the big question for me would be, how did you how did you come to this realization that there was always one common denominator in every failed relationship that you had? And, and then on top of that, how did you then kind of correct course? I know that's a fairly large question, but, uh, you yeah. know, maybe you could make it uh, simple for for uh, guys like Todd. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, and this game isn't here yet, so I had to get a dig in there somewhere, right? Todd in his awesome gaming chair. If you're not seeing this, Todd's got like a, a black and red leather gaming chair, and I love it. I have gaming chair envy, Todd. Yeah, and I have to keep my head a certain direction because I am not getting paid to promote this brand. So I make sure it's not being shown. <laughs> well, now you know who to reach out to. Correct. That's so there funny. Um, all right. So great question. I think I realized really, really early on, man. Um, it was five years, four years into my relationship with my wife, because I was really young and I was failing at that massively. And I realized that if anything needed to change in the relationship, that it, it had to come from me. And I, I, I couldn't have an expectation of the person I was with to, to expect them to change. I was either going to leave because it was toxic, right? Or I was going to be the one that's saying, hey, this this actually can change, right? So obviously there are relationships where if if you're being abused, it's completely different, right? That's different. This one, on the other hand, with me and my wife, 
the toxicity was was to the point that we couldn't stand each other, right? And it, it all stemmed from one thing and then led to another, and then it just grew from there. But I, I finally reached the point where I was like, it's my, it's me. It's me. And, and I was failing at everything else. You know how one thing fails and then everything else seems to just go with it, right? Well, that's what was happening with me. I was failing out of college. I was living with my wife in a one-bedroom house with my mom. I was living with my mom, right? And everything else was failing. My, and my relationship with my wife was, was also failing. And so I finally said one night, I was like, it's my fault. And then I reversed it. I was like, I'm, I was going to do everything in my power to make my focus change my relationship by approaching it completely differently, right? I needed to change the energy I brought to the table. I needed to stop expecting things from her and saying, hey, if I want anything to change, it's going to be me. If I want to talk to, if I want not to yell, guess who's not going to yell? Me. If I want not to blame, guess who's not going to blame? Me. If I want to change any habits, guess who's going to change them? Me. And I don't know what got me to that point, but I know that I loved my wife enough that I didn't want it to end. And I knew that it was going to, if I didn't change, I think that's probably where it was. I was at the very bottom. I think, oh, I remember I had a flat tire and I got a flat tire in the freeway and I parked into, this is a funny, interesting story, not funny. I, I went into to get my tire changed and the guy said it was my fault because I didn't rotate the tires. They had just, the, the lining of it just died out. It blew out. And I was like, it's my fault. What are you talking about? It's my fault. It's your stupid tire. Because I went back to the tire person, right? That's the mindset that I had. It's your stupid tire. And um, I got so angry that I I didn't have money to pay for the tire, right? Number one. It was my fault. I didn't change the tires, right? I got so angry that I just sat in the car and cried. And I was really young, like 20, maybe 22, 21. And I didn't know what the hell was happening. And at that point, after I finished, I was like, it's all my fault. Because everything's falling apart because of me. And then I took that, Kelly, to every relationship from there on. Real estate, that's why when I hit, when I graduated, like literally, the very first day that I got my license, because it almost happened at the same time, I door knocked for six hours straight that day with a suit, tie, nice shoes. The next day it was different. I wore different shoes and I didn't <laughs> wear a suit, but I went out for six hours, right? This is why three months later, I closed three transactions on the same day and it didn't slow down because I said, hey, if anybody's going to change anything, it's me. And it took a while, man. I was patient because... My wife still had the same habits that we had created together, right? How do you communicate? You yell at each other. You don't like something, you yell at each other, right? Something that I created with her. And if I wanted it to change, I needed it to come from me. And that's how I took everything else from there. I was like, real estate is going to work because I'm going to, I'm going to be responsible for my own success. I'm not going to wait for other people to come and tell me if I need to seek how to do something I'm going to go to somebody that's successful. And I did. I went to the best agent in the office and I said, door knock with me. He did. And I split everything with him. I don't know how to do a listing presentation. Come with me. He did. I don't know how to talk to people on the phone. I know how to call people. Help me with the scripts. He did. 
And I kept on doing that for everything, everything. And so I just took that responsibility and that helped every relationship because nobody wants to start a relationship with you. If you're the type of person who's always the victim, always blames everybody else. Todd, Kelly, if I'm sitting with you and I'm come in and I'm like, dude, can you believe this dude over here? I can't just, oh man, like the very first conversation we have, I'm bitching about somebody else, right? What does that mean? That's why I tell you to strap your rollerblades on and get the hell out. <laughs> You'll call me a douche canoe. Yes. Yeah. A douche canoe. That's so good, man. Anyway, look, it came down to that. So for me, that's been that's been my journey with relationships with just making sure that that relationship with my wife was was awesome first. And dude, it's gone up and down, right? Mm-hmm. But holy shit, our relationship's amazing right now. And you've proven that you're the king of relationships. Have you ever had a relationship not work out? And if it did, how did you overcome that? Because that's some rejection that you probably haven't really had happen in your life personally or in the business. Dude, I'll tell you the biggest, I had a really hard, the biggest one that happened to me was in 2016 with the whole bus incident, with the whole article. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you guys are familiar with Mm -hmm. that. Um, But I even talked to Glenn right after it happened. Like I called Glenn and I'm like, dude, Maybe I switch over to EXP now, right? That's what I told him. Um, but here's here's what happened because at first I felt that it was a massive failure on my part. So I had to deal with that. And for those that don't know what happened, I was in a bus with a friend and somebody who who like who loves lab code agents, just a fan. And the fan was a little tipsy and he was talking about Tinder and his ex-wife. And all that conversation about what he was telling us got attributed to me and to my friend, right? Not to the guy who was saying it. And that was published on a, on a blog article on Inman. And then it was published somewhere else. We had over a million views on the article. We went from, we went from a Facebook group to, I mean, infamous in real estate at that point. That's what grew our fame. And so it was a blessing and a curse. But... That one, one incident, I was attacked by text, email, phone call, messenger. I was attacked daily for weeks and it was, it was a bombardment of attacks and that I don't know where it stemmed from. I don't know why people would do that. Right. I have my ideas, but that ended a lot of relationships, right? One of those, you know, was was with realtor.com. And that was actually the biggest relationship it ended. It didn't end my Facebook one, which was crazy because we were, we still consult with Facebook and Fidelity national title, but I had to pick up the phone guys and call up people. Wow. Mm-hmm. My very first one, cause I cherished the relationship with Facebook so much was that the executives at Facebook, that was my very first phone call. Right. And I was like, okay, guys, uh, there's this thing you're going to see. That's one thing I did well. <laughs> right? That's, I did take full responsibility and I'm like, there's this thing you're going to see. Uh, it's fake news. And that was going, the word fake news was going around because was Trump was just in the whole fake news world. So they're like, thanks for telling me we got you. No problem. I was like, oh, that's cool. Right. And then Fidelity National Title did the same thing. Cause I was speaking for them around the nation too. And 
and a few other companies. And then I got to realtor.com and they're like, mm, sorry. And I was like, oh, I didn't expect that from you. Right. And, and so that happened while I'm trying to, my wife gets anxiety from all this because she's being attacked too. Right. And my business partner's being attacked too. And now the good thing is though, I never did any shit. Right. So I had a lot of people come up and say, not Tristan, there's no way Tristan, right. Not Tristan. So I had a lot of people defending me too. Now, when I told Keller Williams, because I had to tell Gary, right. And Mo, I shoot an email and be like, Hey, this is what happened. Here's the articles. There's a few of them, but I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. I was in the bus, but I didn't say shit. It wasn't me. And I got fired. And I was like, what? I got fired for telling you. And so that was hard because, you know, I love Keller Williams. And so maybe like two, three weeks in, they do their own investigation. They get their attorneys involved. They clear us but not before the damage is done because everybody thinks we did this, right? Everything's clear, but nobody knows. Nobody wrote about it and nobody cares at this point, right? So, because news is news. And so we, I get rehired and, and I decided at that point, because I had been broken down so badly emotionally, but I did learn a lot on how to run a mess. Hold on, hold on a second. Can I interrupt you for just one second? Yeah, shoot. Did, did you just say that you got rehired? I did get rehired, man. And, 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 and so I gotta, I gotta ask you this question, man. Like why, why did you say, yeah, I'll come back? You know, I was, I needed to focus on, on growing. Cause I still believed in the community in the lab code agents community. I had to focus on what I thought was the most important thing at that time. And I didn't want to shuffle anything else. Right. So I wanted that to remain where it's at because I still had a real estate team, right? And so I needed to make sure that my wife was okay along with my kids. I needed to make sure that we were fighting this on on the media side well, right? And I needed to make sure that Lab Code Agents was going to continue to make it through. And then I needed to worry about my partner, my business partner, right, as well. So um, as that happened, I was like, I don't want to have to switch and switch my whole team as well. But believe it or not, dude, my wife and I sat down through a lot of different companies, presentations and pitches. And every single company I sat through, like I went all the way to the top and I'm like, hey, guys, there's this that just came out. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't know how you feel about it. So some people straight out said, no, we're not, we can't work with you because of that. Mm -hmm. And, and that was hurtful because I, to me, I didn't do anything. Right. So I was just guilty by being in the same bus with this dude. Right. And so I learned a lot from that because I learned, um, I learned first that I could take a lot more than I thought I could. Right. Cause everybody was against us in the real estate world. And then one of my strongest relationships ended like dead in the water. And then I was like, whoa, this is this is crazy. Right. And my, my, is my real estate career going to even make it because people would Google me and find that there. Right. Before they would hire. And it has come up a few times. And then would people even hire me to speak? Because then, dude, 
Gary Vaynerchuk was a good friend. And he straight out goes, uh, sorry, I can't have you speak at our Florida event because somebody told me about some article. He's like, dude, I got your back, but, um, you know, I just can't have that press. And I'm like, bro, come on. And so it affected a lot of my speaking. Like it went mm -hmm. from, it went from being at the very top to like, nobody talked to this guy. And so that taught me to not give a shit about what people said, which took me a while. Cause I gave a lot, I gave mm -hmm. a lot of shits about what people say. Right. I, I value other people's opinion. Cause I'm, I'm a connector. I love relationships. And so for me, that to me, dude, now I look back and I'm like, I couldn't have picked anything better to, to escalate my growth than that, because that helped me become who I am now. It like put it on, it put it on like rocket fuel because the very, when that happened, like the week after, as I started seeing my family suffer and my friend's family suffer, I was like, I didn't do anything. There's no way I'm going to, first of all, I'm not going to apologize for something I didn't do, which I didn't. Next is I'm just going to continue to live the life that I've been living with my wife and kids. Everywhere we fly, I bring my family forever, right? Mm -hmm. the, the schools hate me because I take out my kids. <laughs> and But they're learning a lot more from D.C., from Chicago, from Texas, from Washington, everywhere. And I'm going to continue to do that. And I'm going to put it on everybody's face so they could see that I am the example that people thought I was, right? And dude, since then, people are like, dude, you are. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I, I live what I say I do. How long did it take you to get to that point? Because I, I know there must have been a mourning period. I mean, there, it wasn't, it wasn't just because I, I mean, you know, I've we've I, like I said, we've all had failed business relationships, maybe not on the scale that you've just described here over the last five minutes. But, you know, I mean, you didn't you weren't able to just turn on a dime here and, and say, no, I'm just going to push through, man. Like, it, how long was the mourning period? And, and what was it that actually got you through all that? I couldn't eat for a week. Like I lost I lost so much weight just in a week. And my wife lost weight because we were being attacked. And, and then, um, it took, it really took about a year to fully like turn around and be like, okay, I've got a plan. This is what I'm going to do. Because I was still very concerned about how people would, would react. If I, if I did a webinar, if I went live, if I did anything and people would still attack us. And w what about if I went to an Inman event? Right. What about if I went this? Where about I went over there? And, you know, Brad, even though Brad Inman approached us to buy lab code agents before this, um, and I said, no, it's not for sale. Um, that relationship ended. I text him every once in a while. He's like cordial about it. But um, it, some relationships are still dead because of it. So you almost started over when you think about what you went through that first speech you gave or that first big conference you did after the entire investigation had happened. Right. Yeah. How did you feel during that time? I felt scared. I felt scared <laughs> when I was up on stage. I was like, how are people going to respond? Right. Um, but I think I just had to go and do it. I think that's what we forget. We just get so scared that we stop doing everything. 
Well, I picked the very first conference that would take me. And I said, I'm just going to go and do it because I know what I need to do. I'm going to just not think about it and just go ahead and fucking do this. And I did it. And that's what started my road to recovery. And, uh, but yeah, failed relationships suck, dude. They can drain the crap out of you and derail you for years. If you don't consistently just put it in front of you and say, I'm just going to take this head on. It's time for the lightning round. All right, here we go. What is the most delightful word you can think of? Fantastic. All right. What is your least favorite beverage? And if you say beer, we're no longer friends. <laughs> uh, there's this Mountain Dew energy drink. I can't remember, but I hate the taste. What is that one? Um, Baja Blast. Something nasty, dude. It's like a Mountain Dew energy <laughs> drink. It's green. I think it's like a monster one. And I'm like, oh, I hate the taste. It's terrible. If you were stranded on a tropical island, what two things would you want with you? Non-tech. Oh, dude, you have to add that at the end. Non-tech. Um, tools, you said? Stranded on an island. I mean, wood and and a hammer, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> wood and a hammer. I, I guess it could have been more more clear about the island having trees and, you know, foliage and stuff like that. <laughs> I should have said tropical island, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question. What is the first thing you notice about someone when you first meet? What they're wearing. The very first thing. And I usually, if it's, if it's female, I gravitate to earrings. And if it's male, I typically gravitate to a shirt for some reason. I don't know why. I know because I always compliment people. I'm like, oh, those are beautiful earrings. And then I would, guys is like, oh, dude, that's a cool shirt. I usually notice shoes first off, Ooh. men and women. Yeah, I my I automatically go to shoes. I'm like, okay, shoes. All right, so you're wearing like ratty, holy shoes. Like, uh, <laughs> what else is ratty and holy? I don't know. <laughs> That's always a problem for me dude, because I gravitate so much to looking at what somebody is wearing, and I forget their name like 50 times. <laughs> they can tell me their name like, and I'm like, I still don't remember their name at the end. It feels so bad. Yeah, they could be wearing a name tag and I still forget their name. Oh, I know. Yep. Terrible. That's why I hate Where it on is. Zoom when people log in with the wrong name and that makes me look stupid as hell. Yeah, plus with Kelly's point, he can't see anyone's shoe, so he's completely lost the entire time. <laughs> I'm totally lost. Completely. I'm going to change my fucking name <laughs> right now for you guys. If people, and I know it's not if, it's when people desire they want to know more about you, what's the best way to connect with you? Because I know you're all over social media. You have a bunch of websites, a bunch of podcasts. You're a busy, busy man. If you go to my main website, you find almost everything there. Our newsletter, our blog, our, our podcast with success. That's tristanalmada.com. That's it. tristanalmada.com. And you find everything. 